a podcast. Did your radio show get canceled? Fire, fire, fire. Low down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. Schooled myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in fury. An anomaly, properties undiscernible. This week on the Pete the Planner Show, we answer your financial questions. Why? Because <clears throat> that's how the, the show works. Uh, you email us or tweet us or put something on our MySpace page, and we answer your money questions as always we have nothing to sell you we just want to answer money questions joining me co-hosting guest appearance this week is my good friend damian dunn he's the lead financial concierge at your money line which is the company i'm the ceo of and he joins us now hello damian hey pete damian dunn unrelated unrelated we're unrelated uh if you want to watch our show do it petetheplanner.tv damian we've got three fantastic i hit my elbow on the funny bone. Sounded great. First question this week is from a person named Perry. With an I. With an I. Uh, I'm trying to get through some things. Oh, uh, I have approximately $420,000 in a target fund, target date fund, with Wells Fargo. Uh, and it, needless to say, they probably opened several different accounts in his name. It's over 10 accounts, probably. Absolutely yeah. over 10 accounts. And people think, well, is it a bad idea that you make jokes about Wells Fargo on your show? Do you worry about losing sponsorship? And it's like, I'll stop uh, worrying about that or start worrying about that when they stop doing it. Absolutely. Right? It's like every two months. It's like, Wells Fargo found to have committed more fraud. It's like, okay. Their new commercials are interesting, though. Have you seen them? I have not. They have like this whole like PR campaign to say, it's interesting. It's like, we used to protect stagecoaches back in the 18-whatevers. And then they then they say, and that's when we were founded. And then it was something like, re-founded 2018. It's like, well, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, uh, I'm 59 uh, years and 10 months old uh, with Wells Fargo doing things that may not be a totally above board as a business. That This is the person's Perfect. concern. Uh, and, my, and me looking at... Uh, uh, Nat options. I don't know what that is. I'm thinking about doing uh, a rollover to an IRA and taking a distribution of about $30,000 to pay off some credit card debt. Any thoughts or suggestions? I plan on going back to work because I was just laid off. Uh, I took advantage of uh, some schooling and I have some new certification at age 59 and 10 months, which uh, is pretty great. Uh, signed, Perry. Uh, any initial thoughts, Damien? Uh, typically, I don't like to suggest people take money out of assets, uh, retirement assets, specifically that close to retirement to yeah. pay off debts. Yeah, I mean, so that's the, that's, the, that's the broad brush of, generally speaking, when someone says, I have now achieved the age of 59 and six months, uh, because that is 59 and a half, Correct. just said differently, uh, then that person gains access to their retirement assets without penalty. Right. Yes. And so oftentimes when that happens, people look like look at that as a windfall. Sure. They've got access to all this money that they've been stashing away for a long time. And, and now that the key, the, the, the gate is unlocked. They can maybe dip into that to take care of some other obligations. So here's what's tricky about this one and or why uh, Perry may have some confusion around this or or be torn. Uh, because two things happened at the same time that makes it seem mystical and meant to be. He turned 59 and a half, and he got laid off. So which makes you think, oh, you know, 
I have this money available. Maybe I should do something with yeah. it. But just think, Damien, what do you, and you do? You have no way of knowing this, but if he was just 59 and a half and he just had, was a dude with a job that didn't get laid off, what are the chances that he asked the same question? Slim. I, I, I can't imagine this would be uh, a, a common question because at 59 and a half, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Right. And so why would you want to go and rob your nest egg of money that you're going to need and presumably another three to seven years? It is weird that way, right? Because at 59 and a half with a job, this is your nest egg. 59 and a half without a job, this is found money. Weird how that works. And here's the crazy part. If you get laid off, you can feel how unstable the world can be to you and unfair for if you wanted to argue that. Uh, so you would think that would cause a person to say, man, life can be uncertain. I'm going to hold on to this as long as I can. But in, but in this situation, and by the way, do I need to say on this show, uh, we're not judging. No, absolutely not. No, I'm just trying to get inside of Perry's head and why he might be thinking this. In, in Perry's situation, what he's saying is, you know what, I'm actually going to view this a different way. I'm going to view this as an opportunity to pay off some debt. Besides, based on some training he took advantage of with the layoffs, they got some education uh, opportunities. And I know of this situation because I have to have helped this uh, massive layoff on the west side of Indianapolis. Um, he is, uh, once again, marketable in terms of his skills to an employer, which I, which I think is fantastic. So with all that being said, my friend, do you feel differently about him using the money to pay off the debt? No, especially if he says that he's going to be going back to work. Yeah. I'd much rather him uh, slow play it until he gets that new job yeah, and then starts preparing A for retirement and paying off that debt at the same time because every dollar that he puts towards the debt isn't money that he's consuming towards a lifestyle, reducing the amount of money that he's going to need to spend in retirement to maintain that lifestyle. That was a lot of words. You've used all the... And we're out of time. Thanks for joining. I think... Yeah, here here's my, here would be my issue. What do you think the $30,000 in credit card debt mm -hmm. costs him on a monthly basis? I mean, there's no way to know, but I, I'm going to go $1,500 a month, maybe? I was, was going to say twelve. Okay, close enough. We'll go with twelve. Say it's $1,200 a month. When you're unemployed, and you probably had some semblance of a severance, if I remember back correctly, um, that $1,200 a month, that nut, can really not be great. Sure. And if you can eliminate that, it makes your life easier. But one of the main mottos of our program here is not to make today easier, it's to make tomorrow easier. So it's under that uh, um, idea that I would like to suggest that, uh, Perry, you not pay off your credit card debt with your newfound access to your retirement fund. Instead, you choose to make tomorrow easier. And Damien, what that would mean is once he's reemployed, he's going to have to retask his income to more efficiently pay off that debt. Yeah. When do you think Perry's going to retire? Well, that's a good question. What are you, the host of a radio show? Um, let's see. He's got 420000 Let's say he doesn't take out the thirty. Four hundred and twenty thousand. Let's talk. Let's figure out how much four hundred twenty thousand can produce an in income right now. Uh, I'm going to say twelve hundred dollars a month of regular repeatable income. So let's say Perry retired today. Perry don't retire today. He'd have twelve hundred dollars a month of income, but he'd have no Social Security because he's not old enough. Right. And I don't believe they had a pension with this particular layoff. Um, 
$1,200 a month is not enough to retire on. If he lets it go, you want to you want to start with seven point two years. You want to you want to get him to sixty seven. I, I mean, it's. I, I I think that's what would work best probably for somebody in this position. I would recommend he go to sixty seven, which would not only maximize well not maximize it would get him the regular amount of social security, which would be available to him at age sixty seven, uh, but it would ideally, if uh, rolled over correctly. It would uh, grow those that 420 to, I mean, you could argue it could get to $700,000 depending on what the market does. Yeah. And then at that point in time, you're looking at $2,000 a month. Significant difference. And plus you have the access to Social Security. Social Security. Yeah. So, I, I mean, you have, at that point, because of Social Security, he'll have roughly four times the amount of income if you were mm -hmm. able to, uh, as opposed to retiring today. So to answer his question succinctly, Nine minutes and 22 seconds later. Um, I think he should roll over his 401k into an IRA. I think it should be professionally managed by someone that attempts to get him a moderate rate of return in the 6 to 8% uh, per year range. I do not think he should pay off his credit card. And I think when he finds reemployment, he his number one priority becomes getting out of credit card debt in the next seven years. Yeah, for sure. Would you do it any differently in 20 seconds? No, I, I like that plan. I think it provides for uh, a long-term stability, especially in retirement for, for Perry. So as we do here, producer, uh, millennial producer, Nicole. Hello, Nicole. Hello, are you there? I am. Hello. Hi. We'll email this audio to Perry. Yes, and I will. And if he's listening on the radio, he'll hear it there. Coming up after the break, I believe we have a, a question about HSAs and long-term care. That's next on the Pete the Planner Show. Question the right of any man to voice his opinion as strongly as any can. But then again, many men are citizens of their own little world, so they ain't really fitting in. I'm in the background blending in, camouflaged by the scenery, but I'm a champion. Back on the Pizza Planner show here on the radio. <laughs> and if you listen to our podcast, you'll maybe this is how you're experiencing this, and maybe you're glutton for eye punishment, and you're at pizzaplanner.tv. Either way, we're answering your money questions. That's what we do every single week. Join me in studio today, my special friend. That's weird. Uh, Damien Dunn, lead concierge at your money line. That's me. Yeah. CFP, certified financial planner. Most of the time. Most of the, well, yeah. Uh, if you want to email us a question, do so. We're not going to get it right now. We pre-recorded this, but you can email us a question. We'll hit you next week. It's uh, what's Ask Pete. That's the one. Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com or hit me on Twitter um, at Pedro de Pesos, uh, Pete the Planner. Uh, next question is from Tim, uh, Pete, and Damien. I have about $37,000 saved up in an HSA, health savings account, you know what he wrote though? I have about thirty-seven thousand saved up in an HSA account, which is a health savings account account. Yeah, it's like a pen number, a personal identification number. Oh, number. You're right. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, and he plans to max out his annual contributions for the next six years until I retire at age sixty-five. If I move this now to an HSA account in a bank that has low-cost mutual funds available, will this provide a good option instead of buying long-term care? insurance 
Tim, that's, a, that's actually a really good question. I mean, it's a simple answer, but we have to explain why. Um, do you, you want to go Hollywood's uh, Square style, where you start, and then I, I either like block or go to Shadow <laughs> Stevens for the, I don't know. Sure. Nicole, when I make Hollywood Square references, they they fall flat. Yeah, I I kind of know what Hollywood Square says, uh, but but, but yeah. Right. Okay, no, that's all right. Uh, so what do you think? Um, HSAs and long-term care uh, kind of solve two different problems in my mind. Uh, HSAs are going to be used for uh, general health uh, maintenance. Sure. For whether you're still working or retired, long-term care is going to be considerably more costly and to rely on an HSA to fund those needs, mm-hmm. um, probably not the best longevity for, for that fund. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm there with you, right? And, and the, the way you started with that is HSA are really for healthcare expenses and those sorts yeah. of things. Uh, long-term care insurance, and, and, and when you're in a long-term care facility, it goes to um, help mitigate the costs of your entire lifestyle, mm-hmm. right? Your yeah. entire well-being. So, yeah, it's sort of healthcare-related because you're there because you're in a healthcare facility, but it's really about your living expenses. Right. It's not really about your healthcare. Now, that being said, there are ways you can use your HSA to pay for some of those healthcare expenses, but given that the man has 37000 he's going to max it out six more years. Max out if he has a, a significant other is what? About, what is it, $7,000? Neighborhood, yeah. So that's another $42,000 in there, assuming he never touches it. He'll have roughly 70000 bucks in there. And that's if he got no rate of return by moving his HSA into an HSA account that has investing options. So let's be incredibly aggressive and generous and say... He'll have a hundred thousand dollars in his HSA when he retires. Okay, that's pretty generous. I think so. Okay, but I'm just just work with it. Six years from now, the cost of being in a long-term care facility for one year, and here's how it works: if you do not have long-term care insurance, you have to still pay for your stay in a long-term care facility. Uh, Medicare does not pay for that. You have to pay for it with your assets. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has assets, and the assets he's hoping to use instead of his probably retirement assets is this hypothetical $100,000, which is still very generous. Very. Damien, my friend, how long do you think that would last, $100,000 six years from now in a long-term care facility? Depending on the area of the country and the quality of the facility that you're in. It sounds horrible saying facility, but that's kind of what it is. Um, and it is technically a facility, but saying fa- it's like the word scheme. Yeah. Baggage comes with the word scheme. Yeah. Uh, how long? 10 months? I would say a year or less. Yeah. I, I would say 10 months to a year. That, that's what I think maybe we conveniently ignore how expensive our care might be in retirement, especially in related to, uh, related to assisted living a hmm. hundred thousand dollars a year. Easy. Think about that. I yeah. mean, the, I mean, if this per, let's say we're making stuff up now. Let's say Tim's got five hundred gur in the bank. Okay, in the bank, I mean, probably his four hundred one k. Five hundred thousand dollars. He could maybe have a hundred thousand dollars specifically for healthcare. That's that's not going to last very long. No, if he has an event, he or a, a spouse has an event. 
Again, that doesn't sound good. Jeez, you are a sad man. Um, We're here with sad man Damian Dunn. Unrelated. Unrelated. Um, The money's going to get chewed out. And if all the assets for some reason get consumed, then you get into the really fun stuff of having to dispose of other things. Yeah, then you get into Medicaid, Yeah. right? So eventually, your long-term care visit, (laughs) this visit's a positive term. You're right. Stay. Anyway, um, it will get paid for by Medicaid after you have no more money. <laughs> um, here's the different angle to this. So we know, I think it's Fidelity's study, the average couple from the time they're age 65 and time they're 85, I believe the new number is $285,000, or $285,000 is what it will cost them for medical care out of pocket mm-hmm. during that 20 years of retirement. So um, let's ignore uh, long-term care for a second, Damien. If he's got 100000 in an HSA and he's going to have $285,000 in medical care uh, expenses, uh, that's a good place to start. Yeah, uh, you got to keep that in your back pocket. Probably not all at once, but keep yeah. it around for the expenses that you're going to just naturally have over that time period. Like, I don't know if Tim is a realist, an optimist. He seems like a realistic guy because that's a realistic question. But I think what Tim might not understand is he will need every bit of every bit of that hundred seventy thousand bucks for his actual health care expenses. Never mind you assisted living costs. Right. So then it begs the question, should this man purchase long term care insurance? Uh, we have very few details to go along with this, but f- based on what little information we have, it seems like it's something he should certainly explore. I, I, I'm going to assume he has at least a half million dollars in assets because he's able to max out his HSA. Mm-hmm. Then this is a person that's probably maxing out other things. I, I'm just going to put that out there. Um, I don't know if he's married or not, but usually people who ask questions about health or long-term care have a significant other that they're trying to protect the assets for them. I would say he would need to consider a long-term care coverage because he's only 59. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be relatively inexpensive, especially if you don't have any major health issues. I I think, Damien, where this gets a little nuanced is that he needs to look at some of the newer long-term care products. The The older ones just aren't cutting it. The actuaries didn't do a great job. Unless you like rate increases, then go for it. <laughs> yeah. So asset-based long-term care. Um, I do work for this company, uh, so I want to just disclose that. But One America, One America has some really good asset-based long-term care options that maybe Tim can look at. Of course, I'm not telling you that because they pay me to tell you that because they don't pay me to tell you that, but I'm telling you that anyway. Um, that's a good question, though, because I do, first of all, it's been a while since I've seen an HSA balance that's that high. Yeah. So good for him and good for the fact that it's going to be higher. And it is also worth noting, uh, Tim, you should probably still max it out for the next six years because you're going to need every bit of that estimated seventy dollars to $100,000 in retirement for health care expenses. And may I say, and I will because it's my show, congrats on that planning. Oh, yeah. I, it makes me wonder if he's got thirty-seven and an HSA. What's the rest of the picture? I know. Like? I do kind of know. Tim, email us back if you want. We're going to email this to you because that's how the show works. Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. Coming up after the break, a guy wrote a novel. We're going to try to read it in our nine minutes and 40 seconds and then answer it in two. Uh, I'm Pete the Planner. This is uh, my show. Hi. 
I'm internet podcaster Peter Dunn. You may know me as Pete the Planner. You hear me on the radio and on your podcasting device, but did you know you can also see me on YouTube? That's right, we have a YouTube channel and we call it PeteThePlanner.tv. We ask you to subscribe so you can catch great shows like Pete's Eats and this here podcast with drawings. But the drawings are made with a video camera. Subscribe today. Back on the Pete the Planner show, I'm your host, Peter Dunn. And we answer your money questions. That's what we do. Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. This is not the royal we. Today it is a real we. And the we is my friend Damien Dunn. Hi. Hi. No relation. Uh, Damien is the lead financial concierge at Your Money Line, the company of which I'm the chief executive officer, my poor employees. Uh, okay. So uh, this question, let, no more jabber jobbing. Uh, we got to get to it because this is the longest question they have in the history of the show. I mean, this guy is basically like the Wolf Blitzer of emailers. Uh, I'm Wolf Blitzer, and this is... <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, it's from Jeremy. Uh, love the podcast. I couldn't skip that part. It's really helped me move uh, my financial health in the right direction for a number of years. I came across it upon reading your article in USA Today years ago on power percentage. His present power percentage is 32.2%, and he's got a documented plan to get to 35.5 by the close of 2019. Damien... I like that. Yeah. He's an engineer. He has to be. I think so. Uh, 30, first of all, 32% power percentage is really good. Mm -hmm. And a 35 is perfect. Perfect. Uh, for her historical purposes, he's gone from 14.4 to 19.2 to 32.2 from 2015 to 2018. That's a lot of work. I mean, I, I don't want to say it. I'm pretty glad we could impact that person's yeah. life. Age 46, significant promotion in 2015. Bonus since 2015 has been consistently $35,000 net, which he used in 2015 to pay off debt, invest much more in his 529s for his kids, increase 401k contribution, save more cash each month to improve his power percentage. Gosh. There it is. Or it works. I love it when it works. Uh, he's maxing out his 401k contributions since 2015. His present portfolio is over 500 of uh, 1,000 American dollars. His pension is approximately $110,000 in value. I wonder if he's adopting, because I would go. <laughs> he's maxing out his Ohio 529 plans for his kids. Blah, 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 blah. He upgraded a 17-year-old truck to a new truck in 2017. So he buys one in 20. Thousand, wait, 2000, yeah. 2017, 2034, 0% interest. And he upgraded his 11 year old Honda minivan uh, in 2018 uh, at 1.9%. Okay, anyway, each year, here's the scenario each year, I get a small stock allocation that matures in two years' uh, time. 50% year one and the other 50% year two. When these started about four years ago, I would pay the taxes with shares and cash out the rest. Very common. That's how most people do mm -hmm. it, by the way, uh, as you know. Why am I telling you? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I love when I inform you about things you know more about than me. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, take the six to 7000 and pay off the debt. Purchase a home uh, improvement item uh, or small weekend road trip. Starting last year, I let that stock, uh, 65 shares of his company, sit. And this upcoming year, when I get the next 80 or so deposited, I intend to leave it there as well. As long as I'm employed, I will get somewhere between 60 to 100 shares after taxes of value uh, to, to do what I wish. 
Here's the question, <laughs> if you're still with us. Rather than leave those shares there and get the dividend alongside any potential market value increase, should I cash it out and put that money into my five? He's not a, by the way, we just figured out he's not an engineer. No, we know where right, it yeah. works now. Uh, he put that money into his uh, kids' 529s, accelerate the growth there, or should, and he capitalized or, the whole word or, like he's Trump tweeting. Uh, should I pay down the minivan at 1.9% interest, which would allow me to pay off it entirely January, February versus paying it off in fall of 2019 or lowercase, just leave it in stock and enjoy the dividends. Damien, the question goes to you. And those are all good things. They are, but there's a, there's a good, better, best. I think there's a very clear, good, better, best. Well, it's your show. You tell me. Well, no, I, I want to, I'm testing you. This is a test. I didn't study. This is this is one of those nightmares, isn't it? I just read the question for the first time. So um, uh, I think <laughs> I don't know. I I I go. What do you think? I do. Because, uh, okay, the, the three questions, the three choices. Let's make them clear again. Cash it out and and and, and supercharge the five twenty nines. Uh, cash it out and pay off the car faster. The van, minivan. Let's well, not a car. It's a minivan. Uh, and number three, let it ride. Uh, kids are twelve and fourteen. Yeah, they they the five twenty nines. That's need, important. The five twenty nines need some attention. Each kid has ten grand, uh, okay. and they're putting four grand in a year. Just I would, uh, yeah. Okay, so the fourteen year old's gonna have four more years of four yeah. grand a year. Yeah. So okay, what's your good, better, best? Start with start with uh, best. Five twenty nine. I agree. I agree. It it, it is short funded. And it is going to draw money from other assets at that time. And by the way, I would only recommend that if, uh, Jeremy, you have, I like to throw the extra E in there instead of saying Jeremy. I like to say Jeremy. It's very polite. I'm, he well, may, I don't know. It's sort of annoying if I'm being honest. Maybe that's the way he says it. And now you just said the way he says his name is annoying. I don't care. Okay. Uh, I think that if he does not feel good about the stability of his employment at his employer, I would not do what I just said because um, he's going to have different fish to fry. I think if he does feel good about his stability, which I believe he does based on his email, I would definitely say fund your 529 for at least the next seven years that way. With what I can estimate his income probably is, yeah. There's not going to be a lot of financial aid available. No financial kids. aid. And he's got $500,000 in his portfolio, and he's maxing it out every year, dude. Like, And he's going to be 50 with the catch-up contributions in four years. So the best option, we both agree, is to do 529 with those. Second best option. I would probably pay off the cars. Really? I probably would. We have a disagreement. It's about time. Yeah, It is about time. We agree on <laughs> just about everything. Um, really, you would take 1.9% eliminating a 1.9% loan instead of being in a dividend paying stock that is a blue chip stock. Listen, I didn't say it was the best overall decision. No, just, but you say you, if we're comparing those I, two, yes, we are. Okay. So, I, but you, you don't, don't capitulate. So People view debt different ways. Sure. Some people cannot stand having debt hang over their heads. He's already paying this off in a very aggressive manner based on his timetable. Which is why I think it's adequate. I don't know. I, I think for... This is uh, the uncomfortable part of this show. No, it's... No, no. I, okay, so here's, here's where I'm going with it. 
dude's clearly paid off a ton of debt. Sure. Um, and so then you start to look at your assets and your debts. How are they best leveraged? I mean, your debts in themselves are leverage, right? Yeah, sure. He, I think he can easily do better with dividend. Like, what is the percentage dividend? Do you know that? I don't. I don't. We should look that up, but we don't have time because we have two minutes. But um, I think the dividend alone could almost make it worth it, you know? Uh, I, I would much rather be in a long-term investment instrument than to eliminate a 1.9% debt. Are you looking it up? I was trying. You're trying. Didn't work. I don't know. So, But obviously, then your third option would be to let it ride. My third option, which I still think is a good option. I, I wouldn't beat up anybody over any one of these options other than maybe... You're the, very violent. I am. I, yeah, it is. It's, it's the facial hair. It is. It's I'm sweaty. Just testosterone. I had uh, hot chicken tacos for lunch, like a Nashville hot chicken. My mouth... Still feeling it. It will not send me any holiday cards this year. You need some milk. I do need something. Um, so there's your answer, Jeremy. Uh, so we, uh, Damien and I both think you should uh, fund your 529s more aggressively uh, for the next seven-ish years. Uh, Damien thinks you should pay off your car. I think you should let it ride. And then uh, finally, switcheroo. Good job, though, dude. And thanks for following Power Percentage. If you want to run your life via Power Percentage, you should. You should. There's a couple ways to do it. You can just Google Power Percentage. Yeah. <laughs> you can listen to our podcast uh, because we talk about it a lot. Uh, and starting very soon, I think two weeks, one week, no one knows, uh, we're back to the format where we talk to one listener a week about their financial life. And then finally, go to our podcast, episode 120, the magical episode 120. The whole thing is on power percentage. You know what's next on the show, Damien? Biggest waste of money of the week? Biggest waste of money of the week. The Blum is next. We've got two items for you this week. One I'm pretty sure is a waste of money. And the other one might be a waste of money. It's for you to decide. I was going to say you're make me pick again, aren't you? I know. I, I, but you know what? This show's better when we disagree. Then that will be my goal. I'm Pete the Planner, and this is the Disagreeable Money Show. Every day living through the peace of my soul, I remain whole even in the middle of the pain. Even though my life has the rain, I still remain sane, writing and creating for my life. And my pen is my sword given by the Lord, and I use it to fight the tides of restriction. Sometimes I'm conflicted by myself looking at the trees too much and can't see the forest. Enemies shall inherit the earth, and I want to inherit something, something other than the high blood pressure and diabetes. So work is what I gotta do. Stay true to my enemy and water the trees that I sing from and look out for the lumberjacks. Running with the gale force wind at my back. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. This lays great errors to rest. Let me remain calm until it all comes. Back on the Pizza Planner Show, answering your money questions. Now it's time for the Buam. Buam, of course, if you've listened to the show, is... Biggest waste of money of the week. Oh, were you going to say that? No, that's fine. That's your show. Damian Dunn joins me in studio. Unrelated. And uh, lead financial concierge at Your Money Line. Uh, Damian, we've got two Buam items for you this week. The first is the Onsen, O-N-S-E-N. -E it's a brand name. I have no idea. Onsen, uh, okay, here we go. The Onsen bath towels. 
Onsen married functionality with minimalism to craft a lightweight bath towel that dries like its job depended on it. The key to this obsessively designed towel isn't what they added, but rather what they eliminated. Most towels go through a chemical bathing process so that they feel soft and fluffy. And at least at first they do. Not onsen. Instead of short-lived softness that washes away, onsen relies on premium materials and traditional techniques to deliver a thirsty towel. (laughs) (laughs) That only only gets softer over time. Get the last towel you'll ever need. I have to say that is amazing copywriting. Somebody... That is really good copy. Nicole. Yes, I'm out here taking notes. Isn't that amazing copywriting? Amazing copy. Of course I'm out here just. Instead of short-lived softness that washes away, Onsen relies on a premium material and traditional technique to deliver a thirsty towel that only gets softer over time. Calling it a thirsty towel is amazing. (laughs) Uh, So this towel is $50. How do, you, how do you make a minimalist towel? Are, are they com- more complicated <laughs> than, the, I, than really, I remember? There's no clock radio. Well, Bluetooth? Uh, yes. Okay. The towel is, it is a blue towel. And you can dry your teeth. Um, $50 for a towel. Now, I mean, in the uh, linens mar- marketplace, people do spend a lot on like thousand count sheets made of Egyptian yeah. cotton. Yeah. I, 50 bucks for it. It says it's the last towel you'll ever need. Is there a lifetime guarantee? See, I, that's, I'm calling um, Boulder Dash on that one because towels wear, yeah. right? I mean, I aggressively dry myself. I wait, close your eyes for a second. I want you to picture me getting out of the shower. Uh, Nicole, are you participating in this? I, I've got black bars appropriately placed. Oh, okay. Now, imagine I reach for a towel. Okay. A a varied coarseness. And I begin to just (laughs) buff my... (laughs) I can't do it. Anyway, um, they're 50 bucks. That's a waste of money. That's a lot. I mean, I don't know what a good towel costs, though. 20 bucks? I I haven't visited Bed Bath & Beyond in a while. All right, hold on. I'm going to actually see how much it is. Yeah. Ooh! You know, bath sheets, which are like the bigger bath towels. Okay. Like, Nicole, are you guys bath sheets or bath towel fam? Um, I mean, if I had the option, I'd be a bath sheet person. Cost you 80 bucks if you do with the onsen. I feel like that's $30 well spent. I don't know. I'm also a small person, so... You don't need the sheet. That's right. Yeah. All right. Let's quit talking about drying ourselves. I feel like I'm going to have to fill out some forms. <laughs> Uh, when people ask me why I had to change jobs, I'll just yeah, redirect like, them to this well, episode. Well, um, episode 322. Uh, next biggest waste of money of the week here on the Pete the Planner Show. And you're thinking if you just joined us for the first time, what in the world's going on? It's a fair question. Uh, you can email us your financial questions. That's normally what we do in the last segment. We don't. Okay, so ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. Last segment's Blom, of course. Damien, how about a Beverly Hills mountaintop? Like an entire mountaintop in Beverly Hills? Overlooking all of Southern California, the Beverly Hills mountaintop is aiming to set real estate history. Not because of its 157-acre size or that it's the highest point in 90210, 
but because of the price tag that comes along with it. The undeveloped parcel's billion-dollar asking price makes it the most expensive listing in Los Angeles history. But with views spanning across downtown LA and all the way to Malibu on one side and glimpses of San Gabriel Mountains on the other, it'll be worth every single one of those $100 billion pennies. <laughs> I tricked you yeah, there. Did. Uh, you know, here's the thing. That's amazing. That you can buy a mountaintop and for a billion dollars. Who do you pay, God? Uh, uh, who owns it? <laughs> yeah. That's a great question. Who owns it right now? Well, so we were on, we were in Hilton Head and we went to this shell. Uh, we were in uh, we went to Savannah. We were in this shell, like seashell shop, mm-hmm. seashell shop, and uh, they're selling seashells Makes by the sense. seashore. Sure. And Ollie, my nine-year-old daughter, was like, "Oh, we need these shells." And I started thinking, "Is this the highest margin business in the history of business?" You walk on the beach, you pick something up, and then you just go and sell it. It ain't even yours. Right? Yeah. I, yeah. Who owns this now? Like, someone owns it, and they're getting a billion dollars for it. It feels like, though, a mountaintop. Like, that's really a powerful word. It does feel like Yahweh's involved. <laughs> <laughs> does it not? I, or Zeus, at the very least. I, if I'm going to spend a billion dollars for a piece of ground... You it's need not, a billion dollars. It's going to be floating in the middle of an ocean somewhere. Not in the smog capital of the world? Not in traffic. Overlooking and traffic. And, no. Yeah, they didn't mention you're overlooking the skid row it's right. and also the, the smog and traffic. You're above the smog, though. Oh, my gosh. The 110. Uh, so, billion dollars. Is that a waste of money or not? I mean, you got to get ground. They ain't make it anymore. It's true, but it, it's that's for our southern Indiana listeners. It's not developed though either. I mean, it doesn't have utilities run to it. I bet. So oh you, yeah, you've, you've, you've got a, you've got a plan for that. Let's guess who's going to buy this. Could be Kylie Jenner. Think so. She's got nearly a billion dollars. We wipe out for a piece of ground. She's going to put up a tent. And, no, and I mean, bring her I mean, Yeti uh, and just camp out. Maybe I was thinking makeup production facilities. Yeah. Make it back. It's only took a couple of years. How about uh, um, William Gates? Could be. LeBron, LeBron needs a new pet. LeBron? I don't think he's got a billion. What about Jay-Z and uh, Queen B? Could be. They got a billion. Could be. Oprah. Oprah. Didn't her house get messed up with the wildfires and the, the rain slide, mudslides? Yeah. Nicole, do you know? Is Oprah like uh, destitute? Can we help her out? Oh, I don't know. Well, I have a guess. She's a destitute. Do you think she is bath... Uh, towels or sheets? Sheets. Sheets. Jeez, you guys. That was a little sheets. quick. Well, because she has a bunch of money. Yeah. yeah. I thought you were going like size. Zuckerberg already bought out all his neighbors, so he essentially has his own. It could be Zuckerberg, but he just lost a bunch of money. Yeah, yeah. it's not a good day to be Zuckerberg. By the way, with our final two minutes, I'm going to do a book recommendation this week. The book recommendation, Nicole, I've already talked about this with, I think, everyone this week. Yeah. The, the book, Shoe Dog, is a, one of the best books I've ever read in my life. You have to read it. It is the story of how Nike was founded. Have you even read it? I haven't read it. You have to read it. Nicole, have you started getting it yet? No. Are we going to order it on the Amazon? You you can order it on the Amazon. We're not reading it as a group. We're not. Oh, I thought that was going to be book club. I've already consumed it. I'm already ahead. It's not the book club. You could facilitate the book club, though. That's true. But I don't like to let anybody else talk. I think it's the finest book. 
It tells a personal story, a, a narrative. It uh, great business advice, good life advice. It's just so good. So Phil Knight's memoir of <laughs> the the founding of Nike. It is amazing, amazing. Hmm. Read it. I listened to it on an audiobook. <laughs> I can't concentrate on with my eyes for that long. We know. You know. Hmm. I, but here, I cheated. I listened to the audiobook in noise-canceling headphones on my 12-hour drive back from Hilton Head with my 9- and 6-year-old in the backseat. So it was really more of a survival technique. Have you ever driven 12 hours with two kids? I've driven even further. Did you have noise-canceling headphones? I did not. Is that why all your hair fell out? It's one of the reasons. All right. Thanks for being on the show this week. It was great. If people want to see Damien's work, do it. Go to PeteThePlanner.com slash blog. He's got amazing, amazing stuff. Nicole, good being with you. Good good being with you, too. And maybe last week, we have one more week of Aaliyah, the intern out there, too. I know. We'll miss her. We will. All right. That's it for this week's show. I'm going to go to this camera, Aaliyah. Thank you. Um, reminding you, as always, I'm sending you good vibes because good vibes are all that's in the budget. It's a tagline. It's like a little... A little marketing thing. Go to PeteThePlanner.com. Email me, askpete at PeteThePlanner.com. I'm Pete the Planner, and this is my show. This is for information purposes only. Do not misuse financial planning device. Consult a financial divisor. Magnificence in an instance, I can make you dance, cry, or love. Fly as a dove, released from Everest. The fresh is fresh, and you can call me ET. Word to John Tesh. Let me bless this harmonic presentation. It's amazing, so amazing. I'm the reason. Uh, salutations. I bring you love, trying greetings from a faraway land. I am the soul controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love Tron can restore your health. I bring you greetings, uh, salutations. How you doing? And is that how y'all say it? The tinkling of the keys is an homage to the little, little star. I sojourn over poetic descriptions of sound and travel to my other world. Out of this world, spaceship on my arm took me home. Fueled by the ink and the megabytes and the hypertext transfer protocol stronger than the Skynet and the Terminator. I push faders into warp speed, glide with ease, creating a breeze they call a black hole, event horizon, no rear view concerns. This I adjourn, adjourn. and beats I burn, I burn, I burn, I burn. This I adjourn, and beats I burn. Salutations, I bring you love, trying greetings from a faraway land. I am the soul controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, try, can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it?